Welcome to The Greatest Generation, a podcast built around the stories of yesteryear as told by the very people who lived through them. I am your host, Aaron Weisler. Today, we continue with part two of our conversation with Miss Annie Freed, a member of The Greatest Generation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. In addition, if you like what you hear, and I certainly hope you do, please don't hesitate to give us a five-star rating as well. I certainly do appreciate it. Now, without further ado, part two of our conversation with Miss Annie Freed. Okay, so um, let's start with your childhood. Last time we spoke, uh, you told me that you grew up in Brooklyn. What was it like to grow up there during that time? Anything memorable? Well, that was uh, that was probably the 40s. Uh, actually, I left early 50 when I got married. Uh, but you know that was that was the war years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we lived through the, you know, VJ day, VE day. And, you know, we collected aluminum. We collected rubber bands all during that. Right. But basically, that was a time. Uh, it was also like a post recession time. Mm-hmm. You know, Roosevelt did a lot with his stuff when he came in. But then there was another. There was another recession around 1937, and those were very hard times, and my parents were going through very hard times. And in fact, it was the war who pulled pulled us out of that recession, strangely enough. You know, when Japan attacked Mm -hmm. us, Mm -hmm. at that time, the United States really had nothing. Mm -hmm. But what we did have in those days we had the manufacturing that we have since lost. Mm -hmm. And within a year or so, we were able to start turning out the ships and the tanks and the planes Mm -hmm. that won us the war. So, you know, so that basically was that period of time. But my parents were were pretty poor. Mm -hmm. Um, My mother, both parents, of course, were immigrants. My father had lost his business in 1937, and then he became a tool and die maker. Okay. My mother had been doing, she was a milliner, and she did mm-hmm. piecework in the garment industry. And then when the war came, she became an airplane inspector. So oh, that was, in a way, in a way, a nice thing for her. Right. Because suddenly she was an important person, like doing... An important mm-hmm. job and she was good at it mm-hmm. and she really liked it okay. so that's a quick thing you know okay. I mean basically we lived in a fourth floor walk-up mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have money mm-hmm. but what we did have was family mm-hmm. you know and in those days the entire family lived within say walking distance mm-hmm of each other so you had your aunts you had your uncles you had your grandparents. so anyhow so that was quickly an overview of my childhood okay um what about your siblings i had one sister okay and uh, she was three and a half years older than me okay so actually a lot of the burden really fell on her Mm -hmm. uh when my pan when my mother had to go back to work uh, she was the one that started doing a lot of the cooking and stuff like that, and she was bossing me around all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And I was, uh, 
Yeah, I was sort of like the baby, mm -hmm. uh, but I was the the delicate one, mm -hmm. and and I also was my dad's favorite. I mean, mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but yeah. it was quite apparent that I was his favorite. Mm -hmm. She was more my mother's favorite. Okay. But uh, you know, that was it. Nothing particularly exciting. Okay. Um. What about, uh, last time we spoke, you talked, uh, you told me about uh, college, that you went to Hunter College. Went to Hunter College. Um, how were your college years? Well, at that time, you know, Hunter College was all girls. Mm -hmm. It didn't it didn't have boys come in until after the war. Mm -hmm. When the Bronx, the Bronx uh, division started mm -hmm. to let in some veterans, mm -hmm. I think now it's co-ed. But in those days, I used to take the subway I had to take two trains down to 68th Street. Mm -hmm. uh, our campus was Central Park. Oh. You know, we would get a break. We would walk mm -hmm. up because it was on Park Avenue, Hunter College, right. not far from Central Park. So not particularly exciting. I mean, I was um, education and music. Mm -hmm. uh, I had no talent for music, mm -hmm. but my father, you know, in those days, daddy said, and you did. Mm -hmm. So daddy paid for piano lessons, so I was supposed to be a music major. Mm -hmm. uh, but I really hated it. It's not that I hated it, I just mm -hmm. was not good at it. Right. And uh, when I got to Hunter College, First of all, I wanted to take Hebrew as my mm -hmm. second language, right. but as a music major, I had to take German, mm -hmm. which I resisted. Mm -hmm. um, I had a good mind. So my mother, who was originally from Austria, would mm -hmm. read me Minna von Belharm, Minna von Barnhelm, mm -hmm. um, while I would be pin curling my hair. And I had a good mind, so I could memorize it enough to pass the tests. Mm -hmm but I didn't want to learn it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, in fact, it was funny because I had to take a test to be a music major. Mm -hmm. So I got up there and started to play Claire de Lune. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the middle of it, got up and walked off the stage. And I said, oh boy, they're not gonna take me, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But they did take me. Mm -hmm. And so it was, you know, it really wasn't until really more towards the end of my college when I met Milton mm -hmm. and he was saying, uh, you know, why don't you do what you want? Mm -hmm. You know, why do you do what everybody else wants you to do? Mm -hmm. And I remember then I spoke to a counselor and I, I really wanted to do science and I didn't do any science. Mm -hmm. um, and they, when I said I wanted to change my majors, they thought that I was, what is it? Uh, not psychologically imbalanced, but, but sort of I had problems. Because you weren't supposed to do that in those days. Right. We're a very, very different world. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's mm -hmm. go on. Okay. All right, so um, let's move on to your career. Uh, what did you do for a living? So I taught school. Okay. And uh, that was in those days. Mm -hmm. I taught school uh, while Milton was furthering his career. And in those days, you know, you got married, you followed your husband. Very different from today. Mm -hmm. So my career was always an adjunct. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had a job and he was moving to a different location, I would give notice and I was moving to. 
you know, but, but basically I taught school. I taught kindergarten first mm -hmm. and second grade. Okay. And uh, that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, I know last time you spoke that you said that when you got married, uh, you gave up your own identity. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about what you meant by that? Yes, it was what I was telling you now. Okay. That you got married, you were very different from today. Mm -hmm. You became your husband's helpmate, mm -hmm. and of course we were both very young, mm -hmm. and he he had his designs, you know, right. and so I was there really to help him to do his thing. Right. And uh, I went from being my father's daughter mm -hmm. to my husband's wife. To my children's mother, mm -hmm. and uh, somewhere along the way, I mean, I did my thing, but but I never really felt like I was doing something very important. But I guess I was mm -hmm. because I was the one that was really keeping the family together. Right. And uh, I always used to say my job was to keep the trains running on time, and that's basically it. Right. And of course, then later on, I did branch out. After that, I was doing real estate, I was doing investing. So I was doing things, but but I never really felt that it was me. Mm -hmm. It was always part of being there either for the kids or mm -hmm. for my husband. And of course, in later years, we took care of my parents. Mm -hmm. So that was me. Let's move on to um, pleasure activities. Do you have like a favorite artist or favorite musician? Well, I really used to love classical music. Okay. Yeah, you know, I love Beethoven, Mozart, you know that kind of thing. Uh, when Milton was alive, and of course for many many years, we would go to symphony okay. very very regularly. We'd go to the opera. We would go. We had tickets to everything in Georgia when we moved down here. We, we went to the first, you know, the, the Georgia Tech's theater. Yeah. Right. We, and, and when he passed away, I stopped doing a lot of that, which is oh. a little sad, but mm -hmm. I just did. Right, okay. Um, okay, so I have some interesting questions to ask you now. Yes. Um, okay, so what do you see as the biggest problem facing the world today? <laughs> What is the biggest problem? You know, I think if you could put it in a general mm -hmm. thing, mm -hmm. and this may or may not be correct, mm -hmm. but to me, I think one of the biggest problems is there's been a change in morality. Mm -hmm. There's been a change in families, in the family. Mm -hmm. There's been just a change with technology having come in, mm -hmm. I think that people have lost, there's more money around today, right. especially for young people. You see who are the kids that are causing all the trouble? Their kids mm -hmm. paying $60,000 right. a year. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's more money around, mm -hmm. but there has been a loss of uh, kind of like a family base. Maybe part of it is because where, where people used to live together, mm -hmm. now this one's in California and this one's in Timbuktu and this one's here and this one's right. there. And 
and the world has changed when you when you call somebody you don't get a person you know i i was used to dealing with the banker of the bank right with the owner of the store with you know but now now it's all internet it's all this 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 even when you mm-hmm. go to the doctor today the doctor isn't really talking to you the doctor yeah. you know this mm-hmm. is what it is and and that that human connection i think has really fallen by the wayside where where everything is relative mm-hmm. and it really isn't there are certain things that are absolutes mm-hmm. that are not relative mm-hmm. and and i think the world is really suffering from the fact that 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 seems to not exist anymore Um, another interesting question. What would you consider your greatest achievement to date? My greatest achievement? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I don't think that never great. But again, my my greatest achievement, I think, was that I did keep the trains running on time. Mm-hmm. And that there were a lot of stresses and a lot of situations that I did keep the family together. And that probably was my greatest achievement. It's a fantastic achievement. Do you have any uh, family traditions that you have passed down? Well, yes. Uh, you know, we're Jewish. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of those traditions have been passed down. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one grandson and his family that become very, very religious, mm-hmm. Jewishly. Right. I have a son who's married to a non-Jewish girl. Mm-hmm. So we've crossed... We crossed over a lot of traditions, but basically we passed down the traditions. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Friday night, like that mm-hmm. kind of thing, right. uh, bar mitzvah. You know, mm-hmm. those we we passed them down. Mm-hmm. I wish that I were more knowledgeable on my own, although I do take a lot of courses and things, maybe to pass down more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any um, advice for future generations that? you have yet to meet and what would it be? For future generations? Mm-hmm. I would say learning to listen mm-hmm. and maybe keep your mind open to hear other people's point of view and then make decisions based upon investigation, not just what somebody says, what somebody tells right. you, what you hear mm-hmm. on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I would advise. And right. of course, the, the big thing, I think, is loyalty. Mm-hmm. Of feel, there is a loyalty. You know, we always kid in our family because we've got a big family. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got five kids, five kids, 15 grandkids, and nine great-grandchildren. Right. And um, to know that uh, there are times that we we don't like each other, mm-hmm. or times that we fight with each other. Mm-hmm. But when push comes to shove, mm-hmm. we are there for each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very tremendous quality that our that our family has. Mm-hmm. You know, we we can oh not like this, but right. but something happens, boy, we're there. Mm-hmm. That, that's a great quality. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is, and I feel very very blessed. That that is the way it is. Mm-hmm. 
I know this is a pretty broad question also, but um, what do you think is the greatest achievement of mankind during the 20th or 21st century? Well, man has made tremendous strides medically mm-hmm. and tremendous strides technologically. Mm-hmm. I don't think man has made very many strides as far as human relationships mm-hmm. and uh, morale. I mean, maybe it's better. I mean, for the most part, unless we're ISIS, we don't go around chopping off people's heads. Right. But uh, we do send our kids out to get killed mm-hmm. for some political gain. Which, you know, I mean, there was a time like the war to end all wars. Uh, you don't know how much that really is. I mean, here we've been in Afghanistan for what, for 15 years? Mm-hmm. And we're no better off than we were to start with. Anyhow, none of that. Okay. One more question for you. Um, how does being Jewish shape who you are today? Very much so. You know, I wasn't brought up with a lot of, not like today, you know, today we have day schools and we we didn't have any of that. (coughs) And also we didn't have money. Mm -hmm. So it was a very different world than being a girl. Right. Girls weren't that important as far as, Mm -hmm. but which was really stupid because girls are the one who carry on the tradition. Mm -hmm. But, um, um, Definitely being Jewish has definitely affected mm-hmm. my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were growing up, we were always told that we had to work harder mm-hmm. and we had to be better. Mm-hmm. And because <clears throat> when I was growing up, the quote system was alive and well. Mm-hmm. I mean, places like Manny Hanny, places like mm-hmm. General Electric. Jews couldn't get a job mm-hmm. in those places. So right. today that has changed. And of course, I'm very, very affected by having lived in Israel mm-hmm. and very much affected by having been married to my husband, right. who uh, that was probably his on death, you right. know, what drove him. Right. And I learned an awful lot being married to him mm-hmm. and probably even picked up a lot of his political thinking right. being married to him. There you have it, part two of our conversation with Ms. Annie Freed on The Greatest Generation. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can join us for our next installment of The Greatest Generation, which will be released sometime after the new year. I hope you have a fun and safe new year, and we'll see you next time. Enjoy.